Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Life in His Story. And in this series, what we're doing is we're, we're taking some time this year to talk a little bit about the church calendar, the church year, if you would, and, and look at the, uh, the major events um, throughout the church year, which are all sort of um, about the redemptive acts of Jesus and, and throughout the course of his life. And my, my thinking is that what this does is really gives us a wonderful uh, sort of point of reference in our devotional time with the Lord. Um, it, it helps to know, and we talk about this and have for years, that we're in his story, uh, but I think it's a bigger help even every week to sort of have a, a, just a, a more intense focus on, on where we are in his story. And so throughout the church calendar, uh, every year, there's the redemptive acts of Jesus Messiah kind of the main focus throughout that thing. And so the the church year starts in December, um, early December with four weeks of Advent. And we talked about Advent and what that means. And it's all about the coming of Christ and that he's coming back for us again. And that was the focus of our reflection. And then we move into Christmas and our focus is the incarnation. And we move through there and we, we get into the epiphany season and we talk about Jesus being manifest to uh, the Gentiles and what epiphanies are all about. We had a short epiphany season this year because Easter's coming quick. We moved into um, a three-week season, which is kind of a preparation season for the preparation season that we're in now, which is Lent. Um, That three-week season is really the Latin for 70, 60, and 50 days before Easter. And we we looked at some of the... uh, character traits that we need to develop as Christians uh, in that time. That was our reflection. Now we're moved into a season um, that's called Lent. Um, And, uh, you know, for some people, Lent is just about something, you know, it's become a time when they give something up. But really, that sort of misses the point. In the Lenten season, we're supposed to be thinking about our dependence on God. And all of it is to prepare us for the main event, which is the death, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, Easter. And, and really, we celebrate that all the time as believers because that's the main thing. But we're heading towards the, the one big weekend where that's the, the, the absolute focus. And um, this season is to prepare us so that we are, uh, you know, emotionally and spiritually and in every way ready to celebrate the uh, crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And so um, it's, it's really not just about giving something up for the sake of giving it up. It's, it's, if it's not encouraging you to be dependent on God, you're missing the point. And so the, you know, the things that we might choose to sacrifice for a little while um, are, are only so that we sort of have, have cleared up our minds a little bit and, and have gotten to the point that we are absolutely and totally dependent on God for everything. And that's what we're supposed to be trying to do in the season of Lent. The main concepts have always been about prayer and about fasting and about giving, and we're, we're sort of talking about those, but um, what we're doing is we're, in this season, we're talking about those concepts and the idea of being engaged in the spiritual battle that all of us are in, um, and that the, the reason, ultimately, that Jesus had to go to the cross to defeat the evil one uh, and, and his hold on everything and to... Um, bring in the, the kingdom of God, to usher in the kingdom of God. And now still, we're still in this battle. Although the enemy has been defeated until Jesus comes back, he's still got some room to operate and we're engaged in the battle. We know the outcome, but, but while we're here, uh, we're engaged in this battle. And so um, 
this is why we have to understand our ultimate and absolute dependence on God. We're still involved in a pretty intense battle, and the stakes are very high. Um, people's uh, eternal destinies ride in the balance. Those, those are the stakes. And in this time period, until Jesus comes back, um, people have the opportunity to choose Jesus, um, or not to. And, and their decision impacts everything in life. And so the enemy is trying to keep people from doing that, and we're... Uh, we're the body of Christ, and our job, our mission, our purpose is to let people know that there's a way to have now and forever life with Jesus. And so the battle's on, and this is all about us taking a stand for and with Jesus in the battle. Um, last week, we, we started the Lenten season, and I talked about the importance of reading the Bible, and then we, in our message, we touched on the temptations that the evil one uses over and over and over again so we could be aware of them, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This week, we're going to talk about the importance of staying focused on Jesus, on fixing our eyes on Jesus. It reminded me of one of my first jobs uh, um, was working in an orange juice factory, but I got canned because I couldn't concentrate. Uh, it's like the pastor and his wife that were invited uh, over to dinner at the house of a member of their congregation and when they arrived the dinner preparations were almost finished and the, the church member's young son was finishing his task of setting the table and when they sat down to eat the young boy's mother said with a surprise well, why didn't you give the pastor a, a knife and a fork honey and he said I, I didn't think I needed to daddy said he eats like a horse it's just wrong isn't it <laughs> I had a great visual for that. Anyway. Scripture reading. I know they were both bad, but that's okay. Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew, withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. And he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Very interesting passage of scripture as we see someone coming to help for Jesus and, and ultimately at first Jesus saying look it's not time yet for and what he was saying was that it was still he, he came ultimately to restore the nation of Israel back into repentance and then from them would come the opportunity for the Gentiles to come in um, but here was a woman who recognized who Jesus was and she just went and pleaded with him and in her focus on him um, she broke through to the point where he stepped in and and uh, ministered to her and to her daughter. So uh, what we need to do and, and what I want to talk about today is one of the, the main tricks that the enemy uses in order to promote what he wants to do um, is distraction. The enemy likes to keep us distracted. He wants to distract people from the truth and when he does, evil flourishes. And, and the way that he does that is he, he tries to keep people, all of us, more fixed on the natural than the supernatural, more fixed on the temporary than the eternal, and uh, more fixed on the things of men rather than on the things of God. But, but what we need to do every day is we need to remember where the struggle 
really is, where the battle really is. That's something that we need to be thinking about every day. One of my um, every morning prayers um, and passage uh, readings that I read is, is from Ephesians 6.12, and it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Um, what that helps me to do, and every time that I pray, I pray the rest of it too, and I put on the armor of God. But when I pray that point, um, I always come up with, with two things that I ask the Lord right after I pray those, pray those things. One of them is, is God help me stay present in the, in the presence of God. And the other one is, Lord, help me to remember where the battle lies, where the struggle is. Help me to remember. Because it's, it changes so quickly. Uh, we're, we're in a spiritual battle, and yet almost immediately in the course of our day, we'll get pulled aside, and we'll be dealing with things that are, that are not at a spiritual level. They're the things that are distracting us throughout the day. And, and rather than see things as a, as a distraction, they become the focus. And once they become the focus, we start to move away from our mission, and then we get lost in something else. And, and so... Um, that is a very important concept for us all to grasp is that what we need to be is focused on Jesus and not be moved away by the distractions. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. And so um, we don't want to put the things of men first. We always want to be putting the things of God as the first thing in our lives. So how do we, how do we stand up to this? Let's make it practical. First point of this and very important point is this. Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is. The Canaanite woman in our scripture, um, she knew who Jesus was. She called him Lord, son of David. She knew he was the Messiah and she wasn't going to let anything distract her from that truth. The disciples were trying to push her away. Even Jesus at first was a little hesitant because the time wasn't quite right. But she does not lose focus on Jesus. She stays focused and connected and, and breaks through in that process. But it's extremely easy to get distracted, even with tremendous access to the Lord. Then this is one of my favorite stories on this in Matthew 16, verses 13 and 19 first, and then we'll read from 20 on in a moment. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. What about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. By the way, that's the answer to the question, who Jesus is? He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the Messiah, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, like I said again, the answer to the question of who Jesus is, God gives us the answer through uh, direct revelation there to Peter. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. That's who Jesus is. That's the answer to the question. All right? And the rock that he talks about there, a lot of discussion goes on that. But the rock, I believe, is knowing the answer to that question. And knowing the answer to that question and how you believe about that answer will determine how you live in this age and in the age to come, in the, in the right now, in the temporary, and in the eternal. It's the foundation of a life in Christ that allows us to stand up to evil. The gates of Hades won't overthrow it. And it reminds us of what is really important, of what really matters, that this whole thing is all about Jesus. And then with that in mind then, the second point is what we need to do with that answer, with that understanding is don't get distracted. Simple, right? Okay, everybody go home. Don't get distracted. 
Look how easy it is to get distracted. In the very next recorded conversation between Jesus and the disciples, the very next verse, we don't know what the time span was, but it's the very next recorded passage, uh, a conversation between Jesus and the disciples. Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me and you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. See how quick that happened? From he gets it, revelation from God, you're the Christ, the anointed one, to that's never going to happen to you. Trying to tell Jesus how it's going to be. You ever try and tell Jesus how it's going to be? Yeah, you do. Um, But he says this, if anyone would come after me. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Put away the things of man, go after the things of God. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Even if you, that was your focus, the, the, the immediate world around us, even if you were able to get it all fixed out and you sacrifice the eternal, you haven't gained anything. So, how did the enemy get to Peter? What was the distraction he used? He got focused on the things of men rather on the things of God. He, you know, Peter wants to be, he's just figured this big thing out. You know, he's been fighting with the disciples about who's the greatest for three years. He's just had this huge revelation from God. Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, you, you got it, man. That was God speaking to you. You're it. You got it. And, and now he's like, finally got it. Going to have, you know, the number one seat here when the new kingdom comes in and it's all good. And Jesus says, by the way, I've got to go and I'm going to be crucified and die. That's not what Peter wants to hear. And he said, that's never going to happen to you. Get behind me, Satan. You've got the things of men in mind, not the things of God. And so our focus has to be on the things of God to experience life. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. What could it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? soul. So what do we do? We have to focus on Jesus. We got to focus on Jesus while all that we are. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from evil men so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. We got to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. How do you do it? You got to spend time with him. We talked about reading the Bible the other day. That's, I'm hoping you're doing that. And again, we're working on some stuff to give you very soon to help you, but you've got to make it a priority. Get, get in that mindset of spending time with Jesus, that he's what matters most. It's all about Jesus. And so he's got he's to get your attention first and foremost. You know, I would encourage you to, to, if you can, make it the very first thing you do every do. You spend a little time with Jesus so, so you can at least get to that point about remembering where the battle lies, remembering what really matters, and, and getting engaged in the process. Too often, even as believers, and, and we just start the day, and we just hit it running, and all day then, it's about things of men, not about things of God. It's not that we don't have to deal with some of that stuff, but if, you're, if your focus is right... God helps you deal with them instead of you trying to figure it all out in your life. And, and it's only in him that, that we can experience the type of abundant life that he promises us. It's only when we get our focus on him. And so whatever it takes, I want to encourage you again, 
Spend time with Jesus. Spend a little time reading the word. Memorize a little scripture. Pray. Sing. Whatever you need to do to to have some time with Jesus every day because it's the most important thing that you're going to figure out in this lifetime before he comes back to get us. I was reading today... In Luke 10, so this didn't make your notes because I just was reading it today and it just struck me as exactly what we're talking about. And in Luke 10, it's the encounter that Jesus has with Martha and Mary. And it's four verses, five verses, 38 and following. It says this, I'll read it to you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what's better and it will not be taken away from her. And see, to me, that's a perfect illustration of what we're talking about today. Martha's got Jesus at her house. (laughs) Okay? And, and, Mary's like, Jesus is here. And she sits down at his feet. She says, Jesus. And Martha's like, I, I probably wants a sandwich. I'll be back. Oy vey. No one's helping me. It's all on me. <sighs> I'm not very happy about this. Jesus, don't you see I'm doing all the work? Can't you, send Mar- can't you send Mary in to help me? And he's like, really what he's saying to her is, Martha, we'll get to it later. Come sit with me. I'm here. But see, do you get Jesus is here? He's with you, and yet we get so busy doing everything else that we get distracted and we don't go and hang with Jesus. That's, the, that's what was going on there. Jesus was at her house. He's at your house. Go hang out with Jesus just for a little while, every day, because it's what matters. It's where life is. Mary figured it out. We all got to figure it out too. That's where we experience life. There's one other little thing. We're going to close. And that Hebrews 12 verse that I, that I read to you, um, and it's a little phrase for the joy set before him. Jesus endured the cross. I don't know if you ever think about little phrases like that, but I do. The joy set before him. And I think, well, what was the joy set before him? What motivated Jesus to endure the, the pain and the shame of the cross? You know, what, what was it? And, uh, you know, was it going back and sitting at the right hand of God? And, and uh, was it being restored to glory? And I don't think it was those things because he, he had those things and he left them to come here. The reason that he came and lived among us and the reason that he went to the cross, endured it, his mission was that he would end up with something more than he had when he came. See, he already had all that stuff when he came. Right hand of God, glory of him. He was there. He was, he, was, he was in it. He was in it. His mission was that he would end up with something more when he came. And you know what the something more was? You. You. He came for you. He came so you could hang out with him. That's why he came. You're the joy. See, that's, you gotta, if you get that, you'll stop running maybe so hard. You're the joy that he endured the cross for. He's hanging out with you. That's what it was all about. You. You're what he didn't have before. And he's come so he could have you in relationship. And, and with that in mind, see, that's got to help us then focus in and stop being so easily distracted so that we can move into the mission he has for us, which is where we experience life. And, and that's what this is all about. And that's what it looks like to get engaged in the battle Reflect on those things this week, and I hope, my prayer is, you'll just spend some more time with him. You'll, you'll choose Mary's role instead of Martha's. 
and hang out with Jesus. Amen? Amen. If you're watching uh, on television or by uh, video, thank you so much for taking this time with us. We know how valuable your time is. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And we'll be back with, a, with another um, sermon here shortly. Uh, if you're ever in Big Pine, come and visit us. We'd love to have you here. Uh, if you need anything, go to the website at keysvineyard.com and email us and we'll pray for you. And uh, we are very, very glad that you spent this time with us today.